Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, we can't get fooled again. Was there anything else I wanted to talk about? Uh, Trump. That's the show. We're done. All right, let's go. <laughs> That's it. All right, let's start her up, huh? Welcome to the show, everyone. I'm Ben Kissel, as always, joined by my favorite person in the world, Marcus Parks. Oh, shut up. I will not. We have to record a <laughs> podcast, and if I shut up, I don't even know. A whole series of people won't be informed. <laughs> I do want to say this. We have a guest today, and I'm very excited, and I'm going to introduce him in a second. But I want to say a very fun interactions on the A. Blinken's Top Hat Facebook page. Thank you so much for everybody uh, engaging in a fun conversation about political things <laughs> and everyone's drunk on there i swear to god two o'clock in the morning until five o'clock in the morning everyone's trashed and having a great conversation about abortion i mean who doesn't love to talk about abortion from the hours of two o'clock in the morning to five o'clock in the morning on a saturday night well i don't have a lot going on <laughs> That's not true. Very busy. And some people <laughs> did call me, uh, I, I do believe I was called a white devil at one point. So cool. I, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much. Have you much ever been called that. a white devil before? Only, only by morons. Uh, <laughs> no, only by people who don't know the love I have in my heart for all. <laughs> all right. I do, but you know, that's what this show is prides itself on. Love, number one. Number one. That's number one. Yeah, number love. two, expressing uh, opposite sides of political issues mm -hmm. with nuance, Ben Kissel nuance, <laughs> and understanding so that we can live in a more peaceful America. All right, so today's guest, speaking of America, he's officially got his green card. He's a wonderful man from Iceland, and his name is Ragnar Ailson. Thanks for being here, Ragnar. Thank you. You're my favorite white devil. Thank you so much for saying that. I'm going to cry. Ragnar gave us an amazing gift, and Marcus Parks usually doesn't partake in vodka during this show because he's got to correct me sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> but today is not that it is not that case today because Ragnar gave us a great gift, Icelandic vodka, and it's called Brennivin. Is he saying that right? Uh, the the name of the Brennivin. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's it. Brennivin. I nailed it. Brennivin. Yeah, it's Brennivin. Beautiful. <laughs> You're basically a native. Oh my goodness! Thank God. I'm gonna need to find a new home country. I'm gonna go become Icelandic, and I'm gonna hang out with Bjork. And maybe I'll be so loved by Bjork, she'll wear me as a dress the next time she goes to the Grammys. <laughs> what are you wearing? And then I'll just be like, she's wearing Ben Kissel. <laughs> that's me. I'm huge. And I have a lot of loose skin, but that's not what this show is all about. It, sometimes it is. I mean, uh, you find a way to work it in. If I bring it up. <laughs> Again, if you are struggling with, uh, with weight issues, feel free to reach out to me on Twitter at Ben Kissel, and I will talk you through my wonderful diet ideas such as when you're swimming go to the deep end and never go to the shallow end then you have to swim <laughs> i don't know marcus <laughs> that's what you got go, go to, to the, the deep, deep end, end and never go to the shallow end because <laughs> then you got to swim 
So many people say, oh, I'm swimming. And then meanwhile, they're just in three feet of water. They're in a glorified puddle. <laughs> Do what the duck does. I get it. <laughs> Swim. I get it. All right. And no flotation <laughs> devices. Don't even bother. You don't need that kind of assistance. All right. So the Pope is coming to New York City, which means the entire city is in, uh, you know, lockdown. Yeah. It's a police state, as uh, per usual here in New York City. The cops have everything uh, everything blocked off. Entire, the entire east side is terrible. The, the Pope, the new cool Pope, yes. Pope Francis. Every time I hear the name Francis, I just think of a person boxing a mule. <laughs> I don't know why. I feel like if you're named Francis, you should definitely have a side gig with the Barnum and Bailey company. Just boxing mules. Well, the Francis was the talking mule. He had a lot to say. <laughs> Everyone loves him. So because the Pope is here, cool Pope is here, the entire city is on lockdown, like I just said. And uh, I think we all agree, but I will take the counter argument if I must. But new Pope, what do you think, Ragnar? Do you like him? Do you hate him? I am, uh, I'll, I'll express my opinions later. Well, he's saying all the right things. I don't know. He kind of, they all seem to stand for the same thing. They all live in their own gigantic, weird little country within Rome and... Mm. The they, Vatican. The Vatican, which is his own country with his own, I guess, economy, which is mm-hmm. what would their economy be? Their economy is selling people lies. Uh, <laughs> that is the entire base of uh, most religions. So that's, that's the thing with the new cool pope. First of all, I hate the fact that everybody loves him. It just drives me completely insane because he is still the president and CEO of the world's largest pedophile ring in the history of humanity. But he says nice things, and he's uh, supposedly for the poor. He rails against capitalism. He was in Argentina recently. And by the way, the Uruguayans and the Argentinians currently not getting along. Why? They hate each other. Why not? Uh, there was some political feud. The new, the new uh, prime minister or president of Argentina, her husband was a very successful leader. She got elected. Turns out the husband's dead, and everyone's like, oh, she's an idiot. Ah. So they have some feud going on with each other. So he's over there in Argentina, uh, Argentina discussing how capitalism is wrong. Mm-hmm. The new pope. And again, the Vatican, as we were discussing outside over a couple of cocktails here at the beautiful Creek in the Cave in Long Island City, is a city, uh, is a country. Mm-hmm. And it has its own economy. Yeah, a population of 842. Almost all men, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 110 it, acres. It's like an M. Night Shyamalan, like the village type situation. <laughs> Just a bunch of guys in robes speaking in secret uh, with 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 a secret, um, you know, under meanings. Whenever they have a uh, conversation, it's very creepy what they do over there. Yeah, it's really weird. Yeah, they've been hanging out there since 1377, and I don't know what an under meaning is, but I like the term an under meaning. Yeah, speaking with an under meaning. <laughs> well, it can't be the village because that means that one day they'd realize that everything they based their city on is uh, lies. Yep. I mean, if Nicholas Cage would go over to the Vatican, they'd fill him with bees. <laughs> But it's crazy. So he's railing against capitalism, and the hypocrisy of that is so unbelievable because I went online, and the Vatican, of course, it has a massive online store because that's what Jesus wanted. 
Uh, he didn't do anything. He didn't go turn over tables in a temple whatsoever when they were trying to sling goods that he didn't particularly care for. You go online, they're charging fifteen or fifty dollars for an ounce of water that I don't even know. Maybe the Pope looked at or something. So it's all a scam. It's a huge lie. The Pope going over and talking to poor people about how he's against capitalism. Meanwhile, the Pope is the one who is taking all of the poor people's money because that's the people that give to religious institutions and to religious leaders. It's the people who are ignorant enough to give away their hard-earned cash because they think they're going to get some sort of bizarre magical spell and they're going to get a cure for cancer or whatever disease is ailing them. By the way, Real shitty website. It's a terrible website, but the religion uses such predatory practices. I mean, the pastor Joel Osteen's of the world, T.D. Jakes is another classic Mm -hmm. uh, evangelist who profits and makes billions and billions of dollars. He just wanted to, T.D. Jakes, that is, he just wanted to get a, I believe it was a $32 million airplane. Private jet. Private jet, and he asked his um, his congregation to give him money for that. And again, these are the poorest people in the world because they are people who are obviously easily convinced that God is speaking through somebody in a three-piece suit or in the Pope's case, somebody with a bizarre beanie on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They, never, they never see like the Virgin Mary in like uh, beluga caviar. It's always like tortillas. <laughs> right. Yeah, why isn't the Virgin Mary ever in a sh- uh, skirt steak or something that's tasty? <laughs> It's always in tuna. <laughs> it's unbelievable. So I'm against cool Pope. I know a lot of people love the cool Pope. But Marcus, what do you think about this guy? I gotta get because I am happy. It is nice that he said we shouldn't go and burn gays at the stake. Okay, thank you. I that's very nice of you. Yeah. But let's not pretend this man is the most revolutionary, left leaning, um, progressive since Lenin, you know? I mean the standard is very low for the Pope. They sent back the Jews and they like apologized for that like a few like a couple of decades ago or something. Yeah, they took I think, that yeah, long. Like, yeah, we sent a bunch of people 70s. away that needed us. Right. <laughs> yeah, the seven. 70s is when they finally apologized for the Inquisition. Yeah. Uh, so, it, so we can expect an apology <laughs> for the other thing, like 2200. In- yeah. Inquisition? <laughs> uh, they apologized for the Inquisition. I think they apologized for them, like, just not saying anything when the Nazis were like hanging out, like just not saying anything. It's like, oh well, we're gonna we're gonna wait till this whole Nazi thing shakes out, and then we'll gonna handle come that better. Down. <laughs> it's unbelievable. We'll come down on the side of the victor. <laughs> they they participate in mass sterilizations in poorer countries mm-hmm. like Africa and places like that. Um, and they are it's a terrible organization. So I, I get very upset when we have a situation where we have a perceived uh, the perception that we got a cool pope on our hands when in reality he's just a nicer, softer brand uh, distributor for a brand that is completely tyrannical and hasn't changed at all. I want Nazi Pope Benedict back <laughs> because I want to be able to publicly denounce the pope without people treating me like I'm being a jerk off. Yeah. No, no, no. We, we got to take a stand against this cool fucking pope because with he's the not Nazi, cool with this Nazi with the Nazi pope. You knew where you stood right. with Nazi pope. <laughs> yeah, like you know, you know exactly where you are with this new pope. Like he's manipulating because that's what he's doing. It's an entire ploy. It's like it's another manipulation that I can't believe people don't see right through. It's a manipulation because the Catholic Church has been losing young people for decades mm-hmm. now. They are at some of the lowest levels as far as like youth membership have. Uh, 
in decades. So they bring out this cool pope. It's like, try to uh, d- stop saying that gay people need to be put to death. And then maybe some of these kids are going, you know what? who needs to pay attention to the Catholic Church? The Republicans. Well, Rick Santorum is extremely Catholic, but of course the Republicans, and we will talk about the latest Republican debate, I can't wait to get into it, but the Republicans are very upset with the new Pope because obviously he's going against their social conservatism. Yeah, I know, and that's why the Republicans, as we've been saying, will not win another presidential election until they change all of this bullshit, until they get rid of the hard-on they have for fucking social issues. Well, it depends who they choose to elect in this cycle, but absolutely, Rick Santorum has come out and publicly denounced the Pope. I mean, this is somebody who's so Catholic, I think he has seven children, and they had one child that was stillborn, but they brought it home and allowed the other kids to play with it for three hours and then brought it back to the hospital. I don't know if I've ever heard of something as Catholic as that. It's true. It is a true story. He literally brought a dead child into their home, allowed his children to play with it. I don't even know why. I think he was called Scarring Sunday. By play play with, I think you mean locked them in a room with. I don't know what you do with the dang thing, but you tie strings around it. I don't know. You put it on a puppet show. I have no idea. I would never do that. He's telling me you're kidding me here? No. No, this is what Rick Santorum truly did. This is the country I got a green card for. I'm sorry. I'm just, yes. <laughs> Welcome. the country you've been working for years to yeah, be a part of. Two years. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, welcome. Right. <laughs> you're going to love it here. Yeah, you're going to love it here because now you're really going to hear about all of the truly insane things that our politicians do. And he's proud of this. He this loves isn't, it. This isn't something that was uncovered in an expose, uh, like, look at the weird, wild world of Rick Santorum. This was 100%. He mm. talked about this during a speech in front of people. Yeah, he talks about it. In public. He, talks, he wrote about it in his book. He wrote about it in his book. That's right. Yeah. But still, it's a matter of public record that Rick Santorum took a stillborn baby yeah. from the hospital right after his wife had given birth to it, brought it home, let his existing children play with a dead baby for hours yeah, and then buried it. But now yep. that you told me this, when am I going to be taken to Bohemian Grove and like, showing the whole thing? Like, is that coming up next? Soon enough. <laughs> Soon enough. You know, I rarely um, discuss issues of white privilege, but I think this was a situation <laughs> of white privilege. Nobody else is allowed to take their deceased child out of the hospital. You'd think there would have to be a law against something like that. Yeah, well, I mean, you discharge but. remains to people, and they get to do what they want. I mean, there are laws right. as far as, like, the proper disposal of a body. He mm. might have been charged with improper disposal of a body, depending oh. on how long he... I don't know what the time limit is for that. I feel like immediately. You just gotta <laughs> you gotta let the baby... Uh, all right. Keep the baby in the hospital. It's a, that's, that's what <laughs> I would then, say. And then, no, put the baby in the coffin, put the coffin in the ground. Well, we have a whole thing called a funeral <laughs> as, as a society as a species that we've agreed on that this is what right. we do that's how you do it anyway but in the in the defense of new pope because i try to be a little bit fair mm-hmm. uh it is i guess there are people that uh there are people that do take the pope's word and uh, so maybe it is helping some individuals who are extremely catholic be a little bit more open-minded when it comes to you know obviously the gay issue is very important to us equal rights for everybody uh you know so at the very least maybe the pope's rhetoric helps some people come to terms with the idea that other people like to have different sex than they like to have mm-hmm. so i guess that's good but it's the same thing with like caitlin jenner 
where it's just like, okay, maybe she's helping some people be more open-minded when it comes to trans people. That That's positive. But she killed a guy. But she did kill a guy <laughs> while driving. I think it was an elderly woman. She didn't. He did. Yeah, it's kind of one of his little... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh no! And they're already anyway. that, real quick aside on that. They're ramping up to that. Uh, like uh, she's saying, like I'm so afraid I'm gonna have to go to a men's prison. It's like, oh, okay, well, you playing can that narrative real fast. You can accommodate for that. Uh, sadly enough, it's going to the accommodation will come in the form of solitary confinement, mm-hmm. um, which is what happens when people are going to jail or going to prison after some if they have name recognition or if they did something that was so horrific that they got uh, a lot of press or if they know for a fact that that person, if they get sent to prison, will be in danger. You would think that you would get some sort of. Uh, you would get a better living situation, but in reality, your life is a living hell, and mm. you poop and pee in a small hole in the middle of a cell that uh, is uh, kind of half rubber because they know that you're going to bang your head against the wall until you bleed and try to kill yourself every single day, 24-7. Yeah. So that, that'll that happen. Welcome to America, Ragnar. <laughs> Thank you. That's, that's, the, that's, the, uh, that's yeah. the criminal justice system yeah. here. Yeah, that's the solitary confinement thing that we do to people on a regular basis. Uh, for- Can't wait to find out for myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't want to. But let's let's discuss. Uh, we'll, we'll, we, we will get to the Republican debate. I thought it was a very exciting time. Very, very interesting. Bernie Sanders. I do want to give Bernie some love. And I do agree 100%. With Bernie Sanders, he is the only candidate right now discussing the prison industrial complex, Mm -hmm. how unbelievably flawed it is, how unbelievably racially uh, the inequality of racial justice is is it is in the numbers. Mm -hmm. You cannot deny it. You know, we have roughly, what is it, 2.5 million people in prison right now. Obviously, this all started under Reagan with Nancy Reagan's beautiful little face telling everybody that she wants them to get clean off of drugs. Beautiful. I don't know. Some people thought she was. I, I always thought she was kind of mousy. I said she was kind of skeletal. Yeah, I mean, she's not my type, but she was way hot back in the day. Ronnie was an attractive guy, too. Yeah, I guess they were. But yeah. anyways, anyway, so, it doesn't matter. I've been having a real weird day with attractive politicians. Well, I made a mistake outside. I said Angela Merkel was attractive in her youth because I think she's kind of attractive now. And it turns out she uh, she aged very well. Uh, because she was not, uh, she didn't go through the most amazing. Anyway, it does not matter. She's it a seemed, very strong. Seems to be below the neck. That seemed to be where you were. <laughs> she has measured. I, you know, I'm, I'm German. Okay, yeah, I'm below the neck, d- above the navel. Woo! <laughs> don't, don't even get me started. But Bernie is crushing the debate when it comes to the prison industrial complex. Right now, I want to get your perspective. What does the world think, uh, or, you know, Iceland, what do they think when they uh, hear the name Bernie Sanders? And what do they think when they. Um, Imagine how many people are incarcerated in the United States. Well, okay. I don't know if I can represent the entire world. You have to. Just yeah, do it. The yeah. entire world. Represent- you're, 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 yeah. yeah, you're our only friend that's like been places. All right. As a diplomat of the entire world. Um, <laughs> there we go. Uh, no, I think like Bernie is, I mean, the whole rhetoric really appeals to me. I'm a Scandinavian European. I'm not just European. I am the leftist as Europe goes. Right. But still, I mean, I guess to us, it feels still like he's... He's like the guy who's getting into the band really late. He's wearing the T-shirt. He's doing all the. He's saying all the right things. Mm-hmm. You know to do the right. You know he does the right hand movements and everything. Yeah, he got the secret handshake. But he's, uh, you know, he's 
still remains to be seen whether he's actually going to follow through on it. We'll see that later, I guess. I don't know if well, we will. We might. It would be a very difficult thing to follow through on because, of course, how do you retroactively release people from prison? Barack Obama recently released 46 people, which is as symbolic as symbolic can get because, I mean, there's millions of people there yeah. that are there for very low-level drug offenses. There were also there – this is a very interesting story – uh, that are there because in the 80s, of course, they went with the mandatory sentences and they really went the war on uh, drugs. The the sentences that they threw uh, at people in the amount of decades of time yeah. for very, very petty things. And one could argue for things that need to be handled in more of an addiction setting, which is something that Carly Fiorina does agree with because, of course, she lost a daughter. She made it sound like it was too hard drugs, but it was too pharmaceutical drugs, mm. which is a huge problem in this country that nobody addresses because everybody uh, on the mainstream television show Shows, um, pharmaceuticals uh, by a lot of sponsors, yeah. and it's just re- the reality of the beast. Uh, you know, they're not going to be reporting on the hundreds of thousands and millions of people, especially in places like Indiana, where there's a heroin e- uh, epidemic right now. The governor of that state, uh, Republican Mike Pence, actually allowed a needle exchange program to occur in Indiana, which is that wow. San Francisco. Uh, philosophy. That's how bad it got because HIV and AIDS went through the roof in Indiana because people were addicted to OxyContin. Of course, the prices went up on that. They had to go to heroin and nobody had any clean needles. So you have the, the, uh, the health problem of HIV and AIDS spreading like wildfire through this very conservative state. So the idea that a conservative Republican governor, this is a man who believes in the religious freedom, mm. right? Which is a make-believe theory that somehow there's a persecution of Christians going on in this country um, when a Muslim kid can't even bring a clock to school. But yeah. anyway. Um, and when a Republican candidate said, says that a Muslim shouldn't be president. Right. And we will. He, he, Donald Trump never said that. No, Ben Carson said that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this morning. This morning, Ben Carson oh, came out and said that a goodness. Muslim should not be president of the United States of America. He's uh, number two. The Hitsky, not anymore. Carly's oh, number two okay. now. Number the, three, but still. He's yeah, he's last week. Ben Carson's done. We'll talk about oh. the debate. By the way, Regnar, welcome to the fucking horse race of the American presidential <laughs> election. Oh, and then Carly Fiorina's coming up next. Oh, and Ben Carson's on his side. And Donald Trump is pulling ahead. But, oh, we've got Rick. Santorum coming from behind, and he's coming. It's fucking, this is going to be our lives for the next year and a half. I didn't oh, know they man. could fit so many horses in one fucking race. It's crazy. <laughs> they can. They yeah. can. Yeah, 19 horses. But I was mm. wondering about one thing. You're talking about Bernie, and hasn't he been referencing, like, Scandinavian politics in particular? Yeah. Yes. It's, yeah. Which I don't think are applicable to the United States because the country is just so much larger and we don't have the homogenous society that is in the Scandinavian countries. Everybody is white. And what is, how many people are in Iceland? Uh, 350,000 or so. That's not, I mean, that's, that's a city block here in New York City. Yeah. Legitimately, when I say that, that's yeah. not even an exaggeration. But I wanted to say this really quickly. I watched a great documentary. I think I mentioned it on the last show as well called Freeway, all about Rick Ross, the original Rick Ross, the real Rick Ross, who sold crack. Um, in the 80s and was definitely set up by the CIA. The CIA was taking the money from the um, – was, was uh, infiltrating the, the, uh, the ghettos and uh, allowing these CIA, allowing these crack dens to, uh, to go on and to occur. They were taking that money and actually giving it to the Contra uh, during the Iran-Contra scandal, which mm-hmm. is very, very interesting over there in Nicaragua. Oh, yeah. So they, literally the war on drugs financed the uh, Contra in Nicaragua. 
I'm not saying that name right, but I don't know how to speak. Nicaragua. Nicaragua. Yeah, yeah you're fine. Okay. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but it was very interesting. At one point, Rick Ross, who was put in prison for 25 years at the age of 19, this guy really should have just not gone to prison. They should have allowed him to go to business school. The guy was a mogul. He was a multimillionaire at, before 20 years old. I mean, wow. a true genius. Very creative. Never touched the stuff which is a telltale sign of a successful drug dealer. Mm-hmm. Okay, and of course, Rick Ross, the rapper, this big fat piece of... I, don't, I do not like him whatsoever. Uh, and he, of course, he's a former corrections officer. Yeah. And Freeway sued him. The real Freeway Rick did Ross, yeah. sue him for, for the rights to the name. I mean, that's how bad Rick Ross is. I mean, he stole this man's entire persona, and he goes and he flaunts uh, the drug lifestyle, when in reality, the man himself was a corrections officer who never at any point sold drugs in his life, and he encourages kids to do things that he knows for a fact it's going to get them put in prison for possibly uh, decades at a time. So I think the hypocrisy of the rapper Rick Ross is unbelievable. He's the fat Jewish of hip-hop. Now I'll go with that. Okay. So there's a great interview with uh, the original Rick Ross, Freeway Rick Ross. He speaks to the person, one of the main policymakers in the 1980s that created the stiff sentences for crack cocaine. And the fact he didn't punch the, it's, it's a white fella. He wow. looks exactly as you would imagine he would look, okay? <laughs> Spotty. <laughs> just, you know, yeah. whatever. Just a, just a person who had absolutely no idea that when he created a law that would put people in prison for decades, he had no, no thought about what that looks like in reality and the ramifications it would have on an entire culture and the, the families that were ripped apart. You know, people talk about uh, this is especially a lot of conservatives discuss how we need more family values. We need to keep the family together. The problem in the black community is, you know, there obviously you do have some deadbeat dads. Of course, that's going to be anywhere. But also the fact that the society, the system has ripped them apart from their families. No one really addresses that fact. Mm-hmm. And again, the disparity between uh, um, racial inequality in the U.S. prison system is astounding. And they definitely, like we've talked about before in this show, when you're a cop, you're an extension of the tax. You're a tax man with a gun. And when they want to go make some money, they know exactly what neighborhood to go to. And this is why Ferguson occurred. Michael Brown, which was the uh, which was the final light to the to the uh, wick on the bomb. But that was just really that was one example that uh, that the city had been dealing with for years. And I mean, the Michael Brown story, we can talk about that. There's a lot of controversy there. But the reality on the ground in Ferguson was that the cops were using their power as an extension for the tax, and they were making millions and millions of dollars off the backs of individuals who may or may not have had a lot of money. Anyway, so Freeway Rick Ross had a conversation with the man that that drafted the bill that put him in prison for 25 years. And do you know why they did it? Why? Len Bias. Len Bias. A basketball player. Yeah. Len Bias Mm -hmm. collapsed on a collegiate court, and he had a bad heart, and they found that he had cocaine in his system. So they wrote the law, he said, three days later. And they wrote the law, and they said, we must stop, you know, this was their motivation for the stiff sentence. And he's like, oh, we did it out of love. We did it because we saw what happened with Len Bias. They made an emotional decision when it came to policy creation about the drugs in this country. And that's why, the sti- in this man's opinion, I think he's also, he's also probably rewriting his own history a little bit. Yeah. But this is his excuse for the stiff sentences when it came to crack cocaine because one dude who was playing basketball, collapsed on the court, and they found some cocaine in his body. It was absolutely insane. And Rick Ross is staring at this man who drafted a policy, drafted a law that put him in prison for 
obviously the majority of his life. I mean, not just Rick Ross, but you know, thousands upon hundreds of thousands right. of other people. So I will say, in Bernie, so I, I'm happy that Bernie is bringing up this issue. But I think it's interesting. The Black Caucus is desperate for Joe Biden. They were just trying to uh, encourage him to get in. Yeah. And for some reason, Bernie isn't getting that support that you think he would be getting because of the policies that he is uh, very aggressively pushing forward or the, you know, being against uh, certain policies uh, that he is aggressively the only candidate aggressive, uh, aggressively pushing against. Well, the reason why the Black Caucus is going for Biden is because Obama just last night spoke for the seventh year in a row at the Black Caucus annual dinner get together that they have. So right. they know Biden. Of course. Like Biden's been there every single year. He's he's their guy. He's so, the inside man of 46 people have been released from prison. Yeah, exactly. That's it. But that but that's the reason why. And the the Black Caucus, I mean it's just like any sort of like political trading favors. How many favors do you think they've traded with Joe Biden? How many favors do you think they've traded with fucking Bernie Sanders? None. Right, 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 like, right. Absolutely none. Right. Uh so that's Biden's their horse in the race. So if they support Biden, then Biden yeah. I'm sure has promised so many things to them. If he does exchange. choose to get in, I actually, I'm erring on the side that he will not. Ragnar, you're a new American resident. Your thoughts? Well, I was thinking, uh, you mentioned that they knew him already. Yeah. I was just reading this article about the mayor of New Orleans, who grew up in the neighborhood, lived in like a majority black neighborhoods, and knew the people from way back when, and his father did too. So he'd built up this, you know, rapport with the people. So even though he's, he's the first white mayor in some time, I think. Yeah. And he's been working on some really interesting reforms, especially with regards to the Angola prison and all the things they have there, Ooh. speaking of the prison. There's a, a book called God of the Rodeo about Angola that you got to read. I just a little thing that I read now, I want to know more about it because yeah. it's it's really crazy. And like they're doing some good things and some crazy things. Mm -hmm. Like they have people working in actual cotton fields, which is the crazy thing, mm -hmm. like historically speaking <laughs> for the region. But right. on the other hand, the, the whole reform program and how they're letting them um, work in these arts and crafts and build up skill sets and all that. And the thing, the end point, what they were discussing in the article was that why didn't you start this earlier? Mm -hmm. Like they're learning all these skills. They're feeling great about themselves. Everything is moving in the right direction. Why couldn't we give them a safe facility away from all the problems working on these things before they actually got caught with some crime? Like, catch Well, you know what the problem is? Because those jobs don't exist on the outside. Yeah. Right? I mean, when people discuss the new slavery, right? New slavery is the U.S. industrial complex when it comes to the prisons, right? Yeah. Prison industrial complex. Um they, there is no making license plates outside of prison. There is no private company that does it. Mm -hmm. You know, there, there, there's, there's no manufacturing body armor. Exactly. They, they, uh, U.S. Which prisoners, is the license plate making of the 21st century. The, the U.S. prisoners make the majority of military body armor so much. And they're just thrilled to have, to be able to get out of their cells. And they're making pennies to the dollar. And of course, you know, every single thing, the economy of prison is so insane. Making a phone call will cost you 150 bucks because they, the phone companies jack up the rates to seven bucks an hour as if you're calling some sort of sex line. But of course, in prison, if you whip, whip out your dong and start jerking off, you got another five years. <laughs> so it's unbelievable. So that's the one thing, you know, it's, I think it's great. Okay, prisoners are working. You're theoretically giving them some skill. But what? how does that translate to the outside? You know, we're not teaching them computer science. We're not teaching them how to do any bioengineering. It's not like we're teaching them anything that is usable. I mean, you... There's not no what skill in prison do you learn that is going to translate to the outside world? Well, anyway, so Bernie Sanders is the only candidate who's discussing it. So I do want to make that clear because I was getting some flack on the Abling's top hat Facebook page. 
They say, I'm talking too much about the Republicans, but I do love Bernie on this one issue in particular. I think he's the only candidate discussing it. And I would love to see a uh, and this is also this is a political winner. I think it's a political winner. Rand Paul on the right side has attempted to bring it up, but for some reason, I don't know what it is. Marcus and I were discussing this earlier in Ragnar as well. I don't know what it is about him, but he just can't stand out. Is it the puby hair? <laughs> is it the fact that he looks like he's got pubes on the top it's, of his it's head? Puby hair plus bird face. Plus the bird. He's it's got, all he's superficial. Got yeah, it's all... But, I mean, that's American politics. It's all politics. But he also... Um, he just won a Michigan straw poll today. I think he can work that in his favor. He looks a little bit like a Jim Henson character. Mm-hmm. So, like, that could maybe... <laughs> like, people have some fond memories. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. He saw uh, Paul... Uh, led the straw poll with 22%, uh, Fiorina 15%, Kasich 13 Cruz 12 Yeah. Uh, know, and then Donald Trump's at the bottom with 6%, which is the only, and then Ben Carson 5 Scott Walker 2 So Rand Paul is doing good in Michigan? Yeah, I mean, you're not elected farmer-in-chief. <laughs> so I don't know about straw poll. And of course, let's remember Michelle Bachman won the Iowa straw poll. Yeah, this so. is the, the Mackinac Island Republican Leadership Conference. Oh, the Iowa straw poll. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I loved the Iowa straw it's poll. One of the with Marcus back with Marcus Bachman behind her going, yay! Oh, oh she won! God. Oh, my God, she won! Oh, oh, God, Thaddeus McCotter staring off into the middle distance, blabbing about China. Oh, the Iowa straw poll of 2011. Michelle Bachman <laughs> is a bigger beard than the than the one on the face of the dude from Epic Meal Time. <laughs> she is covering up for a very gay Mr. Marcus Bachman. Real quick to sum up on Bernie Sanders, though, to just to wrap that uh, up. He is doing very well in Iowa. He is up in Iowa. He's number one. He's number one in New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. I think Joe Biden is looking at that. I really don't think that he has the heart to do it. I, he's a human being. He's 72 years, 72 years old. I, uh, if I was Joe Biden, you just lost a son. Mm. You need to have some mental recovery time. I mean, a presidential campaign is soul grinding. And they're going to, you know, and it's not, no one is nice. <laughs> you know, no one is going to be, you're going to get a little sympathy up top because yeah. of the recent family drama and the, and the trauma of burying your child. But at the end of the day, people are going to start saying terrible things. And the question is, does he want to go through the the process? You know, this is people talk about politicians and they often demonize them. And a lot of politicians deserve to be demonized. But running for the presidency of the United States is not a fun task. And the, the things that they say about you are oftentimes, as you know, uh, Texas politics, classic, the whisper Oof. campaigns that uh, – your former, the female governor. Sunk Ann Richards, yeah, the Sunk. lesbian whisper campaigns. Right, and then, you know, I mean, you could yell that <laughs> um, because that was a fact. Yeah, it was of true. It she was a les- She's definitely a le- she was definitely a lesbian. She's Maud from Futurama. <laughs> Her mom is a mom. Mom. mom uh, yeah. But also one of the best uh, governors that Texas ever had. Yes. Go- uh, Democrat. Uh, that's right. what people don't realize is that uh, Texas voted in a Democrat right before George Bush. Uh, but a whisper campaign, even though she was a fantastic fucking governor, a whisper campaign started by Carl Rove, yep. uh, that she was a lesbian, right. sunk her campaign because it was still 1996. So these, and it would probably sink a campaign uh, today. 
but let's talk. Uh, let's talk now. Let's move on a little bit. Um, anyway, so my per- my prediction is uh, Joe Biden will not get in. I think that Bernie is going to make sh- make this a long primary for Hillary. Uh, but at the end of the day, I do think the Democrats will be electing Hillary Clinton. Ugh. So where? Um, but it, we, every statement I read from her is just uh, it's just such a brown campaign. It's it's a terrible campaign, <laughs> and, and she's a terrible candidate. And like we were discussing the the benefits of Bernie Sanders discussing the prison uh, industrial complex and how awful that it has been and devastating for cultures in this community. Uh, Hillary Clinton uh, was the uh, Nancy Reagan of the 90s and she loved being tough on crime. Mm. And of course, you know, you can go back to 2004, three years after she voted to go into the Iraq war. Her stance on gay marriage is atrocious. She looks like a total uh, robot, a drone, a fascist nut job. If you go back and watch the clip in 2004, she's awful as a candidate. I cannot support her, and that is why I am legitimately interested in the right, and I hope they can choose a candidate that is mildly viable no. because, well, that's made... One doesn't exist. I'm writing in my, myself again. <laughs> this is another year where I have to wait, write wait, in. I thought you I'll wrote in you in. Okay, I'm writing in Marcus Yeah, yeah you wrote in me. In Ragnar, and you're, you're, well, you're not a U.S. citizen yet, but when you are, I'll write you in too. Yeah, I was, I was thinking, like you were saying how grueling the campaign trail was and how hard it was actually for all the candidates. The way is like some algorithm for how much a president ages. Yeah. Oh office. yes. Like we know, and these people are starting out in their seventies. Yeah. So what are we gonna look at in like three years' time? Or well, that was the oh, big, just a, it'll just be a bunch of dust, and you'll have to sweep <laughs> them up. Well, that was the big. Uh, that was one of the big things against John McCain, and one of the things that sunk his campaign uh, was that he chose Sarah Palin. And the biggest concern everyone had for John McCain is like he's so fucking old. Right. Like he was. He is so old, and everyone thought like he is. And you look at Sarah Palin you, next to this old man, you think like, wow, if he dies, she's it. If he dies, he dies. <laughs> how old is Trump? Dude? Trump is uh, sixty nine. Uh, Joe Biden is seventy two. Um, and then, yeah, seventy four for Bernie Sanders and yeah. Hillary is somewhere in their seventy seventy one. Yeah, maybe sixty eight. Actually. actually, yeah, no, uh, Hillary. Uh, if she won, she would be the second oldest president behind Reagan. Oh, okay, wow. interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Hillary's actually quite old. Let's let's move on really quick though to, uh, to discuss more of the superficiality of American politics and politics in general. As Ann Richards was sunk because of the whisper campaign by Karl Rove that she was a lesbian, many people tried to sink Barack Obama in 2008 and again in 2012 with the whisper cam- campaign that he was a Muslim. So John McCain now is uh, everyone on the left is deeming him such a hero for the way that he handled a uh, relatively um, bonkers elderly lady uh, during the 2008 campaign who said we. I I've been watching some things online, and I think we all know Barack Obama's a Muslim. And John McCain said, no, that's not true. He's a great American. We just have policy uh, disputes. Regardless of the fact that at that point in 2008, the media completely threw John McCain under the bus. and was like, look yeah. at the crowds he's getting. Look at the kind of people he's attracting. Yeah. Even though he acted in a very statesmanlike way and refused to go down the Muslim road. Donald Trump... Uh, recently just gave another press conference uh, conference after the last debate, and uh, he lets people ask questions. And again, I, I want to make this clear. I am not uh, stumping for Trump, but I am trying to express the things that people find, uh, the, the reasons why his campaign got legs, why it got a ground and a foothold in the country, because he takes questions from Local yokels. Mm-hmm. And occasionally a local yokel will say local yokely type things. The first question he took from this. Now, what was the name of the what was the uh, state that he was in, Marcus? Uh, Maybe he, you can find. Uh, he was. So the first question he got was from somebody who 
New Hampshire. New Hampshire uh, was from somebody who completely just, you know, he said that uh, Barack Obama was Muslim. Barack Obama is not an American. Donald Trump did not denounce the statement. He did have a look on his face the exact same way that I look every time I accidentally fart on the subway, <laughs> where you're just like, oh, I don't, oh, I hope nobody notices anything that's just taken place. I think when he actually responded, he's like, is this a, is this really the first question? Really, the first is, is this the first question? <laughs> but then, of course, he did sort of put his foot in his mouth, uh, and he has put his foot in his mouth many times when he said, "This is important. This yeah. is important." It's like, is it is it uh, no. really, Donald? Is yeah. this an important question? Yeah. And yesterday, uh, he said to CNN, he says, "I love the Muslims. I think they're great people." He loves everybody. <laughs> That's the whole thing about him. So uh, I will say again, to uh, to be fair, um, the, this man is allowed to have this question. Right, we. I mean, you're allowed. Yeah. You're allowed yeah, to question um, anything about the president. Barack Obama is not a victim. I mean, he's the, he's a two-term president. He's one of the most popular, pe- one of the most famous people in the entire world. And I think he will go down for the left as one of the greatest presidents in history. He will be uh, their Reagan, I do believe, uh, for better or for worse. But you know, Donald Trump just did not handle that with the exact um, nuance that John McCain handled that. Mm-hmm. And I think that also showed that Donald Trump is a very new politician. Yeah, he and, has no idea how to handle things like that because he doesn't, I don't know, he just shoots from the hip, man, uh, and he has no calculation whatsoever. Like no. that's, And I think that's one of the things that, that people are looking at with Hillary versus what people are looking at with Trump is that Trump is zero calculation and Clinton is 100% calculation. You read any right. statement that she releases, any tweet, anything like that, it seems like eight different people had a say in every single word. And as we know as artists, the more people that have a say in what you want to uh, put out there, it tends to just make things worse. Yeah. You know, the more people that have their opinions taken uh, into account when creating something, oftentimes they can get in the way with each other and then you end up with nothing. Yeah. When you say absolutely nothing. So that's where Donald Trump major, major, made a major mistake, and he, for the first time, he actually canceled an event because he had a big business deal in New York, which, <laughs> what is that? Like, he's the only candidate ever to be like, I've got a big business deal to do, so, you know. I'm, I'm, bus- I'm businessman. You, you know me? You know what I do? I do business. i got a business deal. i got business. Right now, real quick, Iceland's, uh, Iceland's perspective on Donald Trump. I mean, do they think this is real? The thing is, I think nobody in Europe actually buys how um, just how seriously he's being taken until we saw the poll numbers, the original poll numbers. He's dropped right. now, of course. No, he but, hasn't. He's still number one. Carly Fiorina really? is going there at number two. But yes, he ha- yeah, dude, he's at 30%. <laughs> he, and, 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 and it is a strong, and it's a strong 30%. I mean, you know, everyone thought his poll numbers were going to drop after he said Megyn Kelly was bleeding from her whatever. And uh, But no, again, nothing. They only went up. And uh, even given the debate, I thought that he was... Not particularly strong. Yeah, uh, probably the best male on the stage. Yeah, and that um, that poll, that, okay. that Michigan straw poll, that's from like a young Republican, or it's like from a a Republican leadership conference. Right. Uh, so it's yeah, it's from the Mackinac Republican Leadership Conference. So these are party people. These are mm-hmm. people within the Republican Party. They have Ron Paul at top and Trump on the bottom. Of but course, the American public. Has Trump on top and Rand Paul at the bottom, and which we'll, but, but that the, tells you right there how out of whack the Republican Party is. We'll get into that. Yep. But the, miscon- the misconception is like, I, it's not that Europeans are unused to crazy candidates. I mean, we've had Berlusconi. Yeah. We've had all these like, candidates yeah, that, yeah, yeah. you know, faux pas in America that just would 
They do five. Of, they do five of those a week. You Berlusconi know I mean? had orgies on a weekly basis, and, we're, and they were fine with it. It was all good. Bunga bunga. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, we have a number. Of, we have Putin. We have all these people. So yeah. the the fact that he is kind of a crazy out there candidate who says says whatever's on his mind that doesn't really surprise anyone. I think it's just mm. the fact that he doesn't have like a lot of experience in politics, and he doesn't have the right lineage mm-hmm. because we're talking the old world here. So people respect someone being the. Mm the third son or the 50th, you know, in a line of statesmen and politicians and right. royalty. That's the world we're talking about. In America, that works against you. Jeb yeah, Bush. Now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. This, yeah, yeah. It, it, over there, it's kind of like, you look, who is this guy? He's just some self-made businessman. He's a clown on reality TV. How is this guy getting all this traction? Right. I don't mind all the crazy things he's saying. That's fine. We got plenty of those, but mm-hmm. what, what's up with that? I don't know. Like with the whole lineage thing, it's kind of like with Jeb Bush, it's like, ugh, this guy again. I do want that as a bumper sticker for Trump. What's up with that <laughs> what's up with that up well with that's that? the thing you know the republican establishment as i've done a few more things um w- with fox news uh you know as I'm, I'm appearing on these shows it's been very interesting to see what true conservatives really think and a lot of these people are evangelical and again you know i've been demonized a little bit here uh from some listeners because of the fox news situation i've never said anything on fox news i haven't said on this show yeah and i've never wavered on my opinions uh about about trying to be rational when it comes to politics um regardless if you agree with me or not i I do try to find middle ground and and try to make things um as reasonable as possible but i got to do a show on kennedy uh the great mtv vj now host on fox business kennedy with the guy named Matt Welsh, who is uh, the um, editor at Reason mm-hmm. uh, Magazine, which is a very conservative publication, and they hate Donald Trump yeah. with a passion. True conservatives, establishment conservatives, hate Donald Trump, and in a situation like this, sometimes in politics, your enemies reflect very good on you, very well on you, and so people who are disillusioned with politics in general, and especially people who are more right-leaning, have looked at the establishment politicians that they've attempted to put through, and none of them have gotten any results. First of all, they haven't gotten elected, so they didn't even have a chance to get any results, and they see hope in Donald Trump, and the fact that the Republican establishment hates him, they love that. Yeah. So it's very interesting, and that's why we're seeing the poll numbers not sink, because nobody, like you were just saying, Ragnar, nobody cares that he doesn't say politically correct things. It is, it's a very bizarre cycle. Yeah. Very bizarre. And in fact, they love it. I they mean, love it. And, and about, you know, the whole uh, not fighting back against the Muslim comment, of course, you know, the fucking tweets. Oh, God. But the whole tweet thing in presidential politics, like that, he tweeted out a response. You know that we have well, presidential candidates no, tweeting. Like it's that that just seems so. It seems beneath the office. No, he's a you millennial know, candidate. A yeah. millennial candidate all the way. Uh, when when uh, uh, when FD, when FDR used to do uh, fireside chats uh, right. via radio, people thought that was uh, under the presidency. You know when Kennedy was was the crushing television, people thought that was under the presidency. You know when 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 Bill Clinton went and played saxophone on Arsenio Hall, I mean, people well, it was that. it was totally be- that was totally below the <laughs> maybe maybe. But you gotta play with the you gotta uh, uh, interact with well, the world in the world that we're currently living in. So I think that's actually in Donald Trump's favor, regardless. Again, I know of it's the a- insanity of his tweets. Yeah, I know it's it's definitely in his favor. But the the FDR stuff, you know, that was totally different. That was more about being able to speak to the common man, to speak to the entire public. But the common man, it's funny. The common man doesn't have. 
Twitter. Yes, they do. Well, I mean, I, I think that they do. You know, that's where people go to interact. That's that is the new conversation. That's uh, that's the radio, the television of our time. <sighs> and 140 characters, man. FDR used to talk for hours, and now it's yeah. 140 characters. It's bizarre. But what he said in the tweets, uh, he said. Um, Am I morally obligated to, to defend the president every time somebody says something bad or controversial about him? I don't think so. He doesn't think so. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, he, said, he doesn't think so. He said, if I would have challenged the man, the media would have accused me of interfering with that man's right of a free speech. A no-win situation. And it really was a no-win situation. <laughs> it was a total win situation. All he had to do was just say, like, eh, that's not good. When you're Donald Trump <laughs> and you are running... Uh, with 30% in the polls, mm-hmm. and the people that support you, your diehard fans, are this man. Yeah. It is a no-win situation for Donald Trump because he's a rock and a hard place. Yeah. I guess a rock and a racist place <laughs> uh, more you, than that. You know how many of uh, Trump supporters believe that Obama is a Muslim? How many? 61%. Which is higher than the national average. <laughs> just uh, just by about 58%. <laughs> So it was a difficult situation for Donald to be in because what? Look what happened with John McCain. They called him a rhino in 2008, a Republican in name only, despite the fact that this man was tortured for five years by the Vietnamese and uh, the Viet Cong. And despite the fact that he has done nothing but represent the uh, conservative establishment for what, 30, 40 years as yeah. a senator? So, um, he know. I mean, he is in. When you are running in a Republican primary, some things that you have to do and say. This is what Mitt Romney just couldn't do. Mitt Romney was constantly the guy who had the bead of sweat trickling from his forehead in the great Arnold Schwarzenegger movie Total Recall. Mm. When Arnold was trying to figure out if he was in a dream or not, yeah. and he knew he was in reality because the guy just had a small bead of sweat dripping from his forehead. That was Mitt Romney's entire campaign. <laughs> just constantly. So what is Trump supposed to do? He would lose his entire backing, his entire support. Now, again, racist. First of all, and I've said this on the show for years, I will concede Barack Obama is a uh, Muslim. I don't even care. Let's say that he is. 100% for it. <laughs> Would love that. Why can't we have them? They're all, it's all nonsense. Religion. It's but people all nonsense. take their religion so serious. Yeah. And, and by the way, you it's know. 29% of Americans that think Obama is a Muslim. Uh, and 43- But you know what? I mean, there's also, I bet you out of that 29%, there's 5% uh, uh, who are Muslim in this country who are hoping that he is. Yeah. Yeah. 43%, by the way, of uh, Republicans, all Republicans. Okay. believe that he's a Muslim. Well, I like that analogy. So the beat of sweat on Mitt Romney's face, that's like the moment of realization when you realize the Republican Party is a hologram. It's right. all imaginary. <laughs> exactly. Yes. And then, so, of course, uh, his campaign yeah. was as dead as that man was. It's all a hologram. It's all a hologram, and he's going to have to eat a lot of corn dogs over the next year and a half. Awesome. Right. Yeah. Right. So uh, Donald is in a very difficult position, but let's move. I mean, and but a position that he uh, ha- has created. He has painted himself in this way, and I don't think that he understood how his fiery rhetoric would resonate in the lives of real people. And I don't think that he even he does not believe many of the things that he says. He no. doesn't think Barack Obama is a Muslim. No. You know the birth certificate thing. He that was all for show. He wanted to get on CNN, complete and utter entertainment 
complete and utter nonsense. But he is seeing that rhetoric, when it comes to politics, different than reality shows, people take it very seriously. Yeah. And this man was a very serious individual who asked, in his mind, a very serious question. Oh, yeah. He says, how do we, he said, how do we stop Muslim training camps? Right. So, it, it, okay. So... <laughs> <laughs> Which, all right, but no, I mean, the, 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 okay, the, the, there, there is zero nuance to this question. The man could not have sounded more ignorant. I could have, I assumed when he said that he was referring to ISIS overseas, but the more no, he said I, in America, yeah, no, Muslim training camps in America, like Idaho. <laughs> Meanwhile, this guy is going back to something that you know, the New Hampshire version of the Michigan militia. Yeah, and they're you know shooting guns at the yeah. Yeah. tax code yeah. like Rand Paul did to prepare for the debate. He asked him, uh, "What would you do to get rid of Muslim training camps?" And Trump said, "We're going to be looking to a lot of different things." So he didn't answer. <laughs> yeah, classic Trump answer. He, I will say, Trump <laughs> needs to start coming out with some actual policy if he wants to maintain. Well, I mean, fucking Hillary hasn't come out with a lot of actual policy. Well, yeah, she has. Everything that she believes in is already on the. It's always. Uh, it's already on the public record, and there's millions of people in prison to prove it. <laughs> One more thing. Okay, please. One more thing about the about the guy uh, is that Trump. You know, he handpicks the people that ask the questions, and uh, he pointed at him. And he said, "Okay, this man, I like this guy." Yeah, yeah, yeah. It did not. <laughs> Man, that was a the bad guy, moment. The guy said, we have a problem in this country. It's called Muslims. We know our current president's one. You know, he's not even in America. Birth certificate, man. I mean, it's the it's rights a- equivalent of people who believe on the left that the earth is hollow. <laughs> I don't know what to tell. I don't, I mean, it, the, the rationale, I just don't understand. So yeah. it's very, yeah. uh, you know. And Trump said, right, we need this question, this, fir- this first question. The guy says, but anyway, we have training camps where they want to kill us. Right. Uh, and Trump says, uh-huh. And the guy said, that's my question. When can we get rid of them? <laughs> All right. So not, not good. <laughs> not, not, not a great moment for the Trump campaign. And certainly alienates a lot of Americans who happen to be who are Muslim and uh, who love this country very much. So that was not good <laughs> for Donald. And I really don't. It, it's, 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 it's just too fascinating. I. Yeah, well, I don't the, know. How, I mean, the, the, again, if you're Donald Trump, this is your core base. He cannot. This would be. It would be the equivalent of Ted Cruz uh, coming out as a uh, Jewish. Yeah. It, I mean, you, Ted Cruz cannot. If someone says something about Jesus, Ted Cruz cannot disagree with that person whatsoever. You know. I mean, this is his. Trump's religion is nationalism, mm-hmm. and that is the base that he is playing to. Yeah, but he also said that uh, to evangelicals. He said, "I'm one of you." He has never even looked at a Bible. <laughs> he says, I'm, "He said he was at the Iowa Faith and Freedom Coalition dinner uh-huh. uh, last night." He said, "I'm one of you. Just remember that. I brought my Bible. See, I'm better than you thought." It's, <laughs> you know, there's a penthouse, you know, in there somewhere. The thing, is, thing is, I was thinking, like he's he's a millennial candidate, not in the sense that he's using a lot of social media, but yeah. in the way he speaks, it reminds me of Reddit. It reminds me of 4chan. <laughs> right. He knows how to like the the logic he uses, the yeah. way, the tactics he uses. I'll upvote it. I upvote. Yeah, I'll, exactly. I'll, I, I like to upvote. Yeah. I, I gotta say, I, I gotta upvote. admit, I upvote. I upvote. I downvote. I upvote. Whatever. I vote. You know. So, I vote. I upvote. You know. You should upvote. A vote. A vote. Trump. Recommend to a friend. <laughs> <laughs> he said. Uh, yeah. He said when I drink my little wine, which is about the only one I drink, and yeah. have my little cracker, I guess that is a form of asking for forgiveness, and I do that as often as possible because I feel cleansed. That's what he said a few weeks ago. Well, yeah, uh, that was when like, they were just um, like, when, they, when now, he was yeah. just like, yeah, what? When they, someone asked him about religion, and uh. he pretty much said, yeah, whatever. 
I upvote. I upvote. I upvote the Bible. I, uh, but you know, I actually think that that was part of the appeal. Again, that he does not care about these religious things. But yeah. uh, anyway, again, yes, his religion is nationalism. That's his base. That's who he's playing to. So when he gets these anti-Obama pro uh, uh, being a Muslim questions, he's in a very difficult position because of the con- uh, the um, constituency that he has chosen to court is going to be asking and uh, will be believing those sort of ir- uh, sort of irrational things. Mm-hmm. So. It is what it is. Um, just really quickly now, uh, because I know we got to wrap it up here at some point. But um, going back to the debate, uh, Carly Fiorina, she absolutely crushed it. And I know we're, she's going to be getting a lot of more pressure here. She's currently number two in the polls. She's got people. People are going to be looking at her record at HP, which is not a shining record by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, she was bad at her job. Well, she she was forced to lay off a lot of people, hundreds <laughs> of thousands, I believe. And then, of course, she did do some dealings uh, with Iran when it came to selling some computers and uh, many of the jobs uh, that HP created uh, during her reign were in China and, yeah. and not in this country. So those things will come back to hurt her. Now, again, in this election cycle, we're the non-politician politician. And let's be clear about that. These are everyone is a politician. Yeah. Regardless if they're a new politician or an old politician, everyone who's running for the presidency of the United States is a politician. Um, just because they haven't sought, uh, uh, well, she has definitely sought office. She's never won office, which yeah. would be phenomenal. She, yeah. she couldn't even be uh, a governor or, or a senator. Lost in a landslide. A landslide. So yeah. that's why her rise is so interesting because she's finding a foothold in the uh, presidential campaign when she couldn't do anything, I believe, in New Jersey. Mm hmm. And uh, so, but her debate performance, I watched her in the undercard in the first debate, and I was very impressed just on, just on the theatrics of, uh, of debate. I love the theater of debate. Yeah. Um, it's such an interesting uh, situation, very unique uh, to uh, democracy, regardless, again, if these people are already bought and sold or whatever it might be. They, you still have to go perform, and uh, certainly you look at the Scott Walkers of the world who haven't performed, and their poll numbers have dropped dramatically. Yeah. Carly Fiorina crushed the first debate she was allowed into the uh, cnn debate which i thought was hilarious when donald trump started speaking the first thing donald trump said unsolicited was like Rand paul shouldn't be here which was amazing and Rand paul probably shouldn't and it, it pains me to say that but he's just not doing he's just not doing a very good job it's just bad um, i mean that's what it is like that's presidential debates now is right. that donald trump opened the debate by saying essentially fuck that guy Rand paul should, and then and then Rand paul was like is this third grade and you could tell that in third grade he got bullied a lot yeah. um but that's always these debates you know yeah. back in the in 2000 the debate was uh, a lot of people give uh that moment uh when al gore went to do the classic al gore standby the clo- the close um proximity move that he used to do to intimidate mm-hmm. candidates and of course w just you know kind of head nodded him off and uh, completely made him look like a doofus and then al gore just had to stand there yeah. well w continued on speaking it looked terrible mm-hmm. so that's always the the optics of these things but donald trump does make it more juvenile than ever before yeah yes. yeah i mean al gore at least that's a subtle move yeah yeah For, <laughs> like that's a subtle move it's not fuck this guy but you know what and of course and we have to talk about well okay let's just stick with carly for one second just because the juvenile activities of donald trump and he brings the boys into it with him Mm. when when he offered jeb bush the low five and jeb bush gave him jeb gave it to him jeb bush was the happiest boy i've ever seen in my entire (laughs) life it was like christmas morning he opened it up and he got a new uh playstation or xbox or whatever it was he smiled like such Dare I say, a wealthy chode. (laughs) That's exactly what he looked like. So Carly came across as so much more adult, as so much more professional, 
so much more presidential sounding simply because she is playing uh, to the backdrop of such insanity the exact same way that Buster Keaton used to be a straight man in his own world of madness. Mm-hmm. You know, and so everything around Buster Keaton was going crazy, and he would tend to just stay still and hope they got the measurements right so the house doesn't fall on his head, <laughs> and he actually goes through the window. But she did get the measurements right, and in this chaotic world and in the mayhem that is the Republican primary that we have right now, she's coming across as extremely reasonable, extremely adult, and very presidential. And again, it is because the backdrop that she is playing in front of is so crazy. She's really the only person that someone who is becoming seri- seriously thinking about voting, uh, you know, for in the Republican Party, for the Republican candidate, she is the one that is the most reasonable right now. And I think she'll maintain, but we'll see now after the, all the attacks. Yeah, she's doing great. She's at uh, 15%. Ben Carson's at 14%. Uh, oh, my God. All right. So let's talk about Ben Carson really quick. What happened? Who is the? <laughs> why is he there? I mean, I would rather... He what is, happened? Why are people paying attention to him? Or he what? needs to stop. I'm, I'm so done with Ben Carson. Yeah, man. And yeah, and he came out today. A Muslim shouldn't be president. I mean, that's like, the, he, it's like, fuck. He is so idealistic. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And if you look at his policies, I know he's got a kind demeanor. I know that technically he's supposed to be extremely smart, and I'm, I think that he is smart. He's a neurosurgeon. I'm happy he saved a lot of people's lives. But being a neurosurgeon has never once led uh, created a great uh, president. Not not from what I've known, anyway. Mm-mm. So his, his debate, but again, the madness that surrounds the debate the reason that he has a little, he had a little traction. I think his numbers are just going to really flatten out. I think he is. He, I think that's done. I think they looked at him. They gave him some serious uh, chances to succeed. At the at the end of the day, I mean, it's bedtime in America. <laughs> I mean, he is so unbelievably boring. Yeah, it's. And then when he does speak, if you just read it, you're like, you are a Nazi. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this man, this he's just... Yes. He's, he said, I would not advocate that we put a Muslim in charge of this nation. I absolutely would not agree with that. Great. <laughs> so, so if Hitler hadn't had all this charisma, it would have been fine. He would have just said all these crazy things in mm-hmm. a boring way. Yeah. He would have just ignored him and oh. moved on. Yeah, oh, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, man. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, very, very interesting debate. And uh, I think... The numbers for Carson are gone. I think it's Carly Fiorina's chance to shine. Again, we are six months away from the first uh, votes in Iowa, so she's got a lot of room to grow um, or or uh, implode. But Republicans, they could really benefit from a woman on the top of the ticket. And if you remember, everyone asked when Carly Fiorina did so well in the first debate, is she running for vice president? And I think she's answered that question. Mm-hmm. She is definitely running for the presidency. And it'll be fascinating to see if her business record comes back to hurt her or if we are in a country now where we are so used to these massive layoffs. You know, she's not if she doesn't pull the Mitt Romney, I like to fire people. Mm -hmm. And of course, uh, you know, he that that was one of the things that sunk his campaign, the 47 percent comment. Also, if she's able to ride out the storm of negativity that will be coming with her um, with her uh, record on jobs. I think she's got a very serious chance, and she would do very well with the female vote. I think she could actually get some. Uh, she would be fat. It would be. It would be fascinating. Mm-hmm. I think she could really ignite a, a bunch of people, and um, we'll see. We'll see what she does. But either way, very strong performance. I think she won the debate. Yeah, that's my personal opinion here on Abe Lincoln's top hat.
So don't call me the white devil. Uh, I'd love that if I wasn't the white devil. Anyway, Marcus, we got to wrap it up. We do. Oh, my goodness. Ragnar, thank you so much for being here, buddy. Thank you for having me over. And welcome to America. And thank you so much for the vodka. Yeah, no worries. Oh, yes, man. Oh, my God. Brennavin. Brennavin. I've overdone it already. <laughs> mm, I love it. And uh, how long have you been in the country so far, Ragnar? Uh, wow, well, that would be about two and a half weeks, something like that. Okay, and your experiences thus far? Oh, it's glorious. The glorious city of New York. Yeah. Well, he's lived, he's lived here before. Mm. That's Never how we legal. Know. That's how we know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you can find Ragnar. Are you on Twitter or anything like that? Anything to plug? I got nothing to plug at the moment. All right. Uh, you can find Marcus Parks on Twitter at Marcus Parks. You can find me at Ben Kissel. I'll be doing Red Eye on um, Fox News at 3 o'clock in the morning, September 24th. So DVR it or stay up and get really drunk and watch it. I don't know. And uh, go join the Facebook page, Abling and Top Hat. We'd love to hear your thoughts. It's a very, very fun page. And for the most part, people aren't too malicious, uh, which, is, which is good. Um, all right, everyone. We'll talk to you soon. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to cavecomedyradio.com.